Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Athletic Mindset. Today's guest is an Olympic gold medalist, the first ever man to break 44 seconds in the 100-yard butterfly, a race that I actually got to witness in person, and the current holder of three different American records. He's currently now a member of the LA Current in the International Swim League, as well as training for next year's 2020 Games in Tokyo. Without further ado, I'm excited to welcome on Tom Shields to the podcast. First and foremost, how did you get involved in the sport of swimming? Like, what got you there? Um, I grew up in Huntington Beach, so um, my mom and my dad really were concerned with my safety. Mm-hmm. And so I, just, uh, I think I was in swimming lessons from like three or four or five. Um, but like one of my cousins taught me how to swim. They had a pool a little bit, and then like the summer before that, which I think I was four, my dad had kind of like played around with me in the water, obviously, and was like teaching me a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of like always been an impetus, like to kind of be water safe. And not only like, it's not like, you know, Huntington Beach is the craziest water in the world. Um, you know, I know like John John Florence, but like it's not just being pool safe too. Like there's a little bit more of it just to like, um, really know what you were doing so it's kind of it was just kind of like a cultural focus mm-hmm. i was about to say I, know. I did junior guards and then i started swimming in splash um summer league and uh remember my first day there they were you know i feel like whether or not people are like oh i have no talent it's all hard work which is like i'm not taking anything with anyone but like at a certain level and that level in my opinion is far below the national team mm-hmm. uh, you have a knack for this and it was spotted very early on, if not day one. And that's no, um, I'm no uh, exception. You know what I mean? My coaches on the very first day were like, oh, there's, you know. And what I'm really good at, obviously, is kicking. So we were kicking with a board, and I was seven. And I could keep up with all the high schoolers in that summer league. And it was like, okay, well, we're looking at something here, you know. And, um, I, and I think it's okay to just kind of, like, admit that. Like, it doesn't take away from my body of work. But mm-hmm. um, I'm very thankful that I, I have a blessed skill. I was about to say, my next question for you is, what point did you realize that, okay, you might not just be good at this, you might be, you know, in rare, I guess, form um, among other other swimmers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, oh, he's going to make the Olympic team is such a hard thing to say, because mm-hmm. there's so much random randomness that goes into that, like, who's going to be good on that week in June of whatever, every four years we decide to call important. Um, you know what I mean? But like, that's why I like to look at like calibers. And, um, I remember when I moved to golden West, so I started swimming year round. Um, the summer league I was on hadn't really started a year round program yet. So they didn't really have pool time. So I last thing I went to golden West swim club when I was eight, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so like I just turned uh, my birthday's in July so yeah I just turned 8 we finished off that summer and then like September we moved over to Golden West which is a little bit more of a drive um, and the coach there whose kids would um, who would go on to have kids who would be in the ring bear and flower girl in my wedding um, <laughs> was like he was coaching the senior level and I was in like the you know um, junior high school group or whatever mm-hmm. and um or I guess not even, I was eight, right? But <laughs> whatever. Um, and I met a girl named Cindy Tran, and she, we went to Cal together. And um, within my first week, I remember him saying, like, these are the two who can make the team, um, in his opinion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I fortunately got my hand on the wall. Um, 
two lucky touches, and Cindy uh, joined the Coast Guard um, out of college. But, um, you know, we were both Institute of Champions, and I think that, like, yeah, like, I, I really respect Rick and that he could kind of put that in my mind early. And um, another one of those little, like, shelter-guarded, blessed things in my life and in all of our lives that grew up in that area is, like, I think five or six years ahead of me, mm-hmm. um, or maybe, yeah, like, maybe, no, it couldn't be seven. So, yeah, five or six years older than me was a guy named Bryce Elser, um, who was swimming at Golden West. He would go on to USC, and then um, he was, you know, doing the lifeguard circuit at the time um, where you kind of work in the summers on the beach in, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And um, he would go on many years later, um, once there became a, a hard focus on safety with open water, obviously around 2010 and the unfortunate circumstances surrounding uh, Frank Rippon's death, mm-hmm. he was a swimming hired uh, open water safety dude, and that it was Bryce. And now he's the national team director for open water, um, which I'm just like so incredibly like stoked for him because I've known him, you know, forever, I've known him since I was seven or eight. Mm-hmm. But also, that guy was been one of the best dudes I've ever, you know, met in my life. One of the best dudes I've ever known. Um, you know, I mean, like, some, his, I think it was his older brother was, like, one of my junior guard instructors. But Bryce, um, when he was in high school, kind of, like, laid it out for me and Cindy and a lot of the other people, like, what CIF or what state championships in California would look like. And then when he went to USC, um, I'm pretty sure under both... Um, Schubert and Salo kind of laid out what NCAAs looked like. So, like, this is what you're going to do. This is what dual meets are. This is why this is important. This is why this school is important. This is why recruiting, blah, blah, blah. And this is why, like, and that's when I kind of, like, attached to a real goal in swimming. I was 14. I think he was a freshman or sophomore. And he had come back or called home and kind of laid it out for us. And we have gotten really psyched. And we have gotten, like, you know, and this is back in the day. Like, no one's posting race videos that night of swims at NC2As, you know what I mean? And, like, 2006 was my freshman year, and so that's right around or before, like, a year, the year or the year before um, Simon Burnett would go 131 and Frederick Bisquet would go um, 18. So, like, really crazy swims for that time period, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not, you know, video access to them is very low. Um, and we had kind of gotten to see them, and I really owe um, Bryce a lot for that and getting me, like, oriented around that goal now would define the rest of my high school career being like i want to i want to do that mm-hmm. uh and so i forget what the question was but like i <laughs> i view like those two individuals rick graves and bryce elser from a very early age because um, you know i'm just kind of late to the year-round swimming game or the club swimming game like a lot of the other olympians are like four or five yeah uh, for whatever reason you know what i mean we're like we pretend this is like a Jedi thing where you have to start so goddamn early, but it's not the case. Um, and I think USA Swimming's recognize that and pushing kids to do other sports now. And, and I really respect what Tim is doing, but I'm talking in so many different directions now. I apologize. Because um, USA Swimming's starting that whole, like, you don't have to do the year-round fee thing if you're a kid anymore, and I think that's awesome. Really? I didn't realize that, but that yeah, is... Yeah, uh... it's a new, it's like pretty new initiative, but it was some article thing, and I've spoken a little bit about it with Houston Swimming People, and I mean, I think it's really good, because like, I played baseball and stuff up until I was uh, 13, and I played water polo until I was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I think that's a whole separate issue, but no, I mean, we kind of knew within my family and community from a pretty young age that, you know, I wanted to go to D1 from, like, 10 or 11, and I had a shot at being a relatively good swimmer, but, you know, the caveat with that is, you know, I'm four or five years younger than 
four, five, or six years younger than Aaron, and I'm six years younger than Michael, and those guys made the Olympic team at 15. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm 16, so it wasn't like I had those kinds of aspirations, obviously, and yeah. I don't want to, like, blow myself up. But I think that, like, whenever someone asks me that question, <clears throat> excuse me, like, where do you think you first had that in you? It's, like, pretty dang early. And in, in when I'm this... I would call it like the best of what's left, um, American butterflies. Like I've never been a superstar. I know that, but I'm pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I, I've had some guys like approach me. It's like, Hey, look, like, um, all, you know, the kids are getting dressed and we're at a clinic. Um, so no one, none of the children are around. Like I would never say this to a 13 year old. Uh, but you know, some parent walked up and said, Hey, this is my kid's times. And it was about, um, I believe a young girl. I forget now. Um, and then it's like this and it's like, is this, you know, I want her to do what she wants, but, like, this is a really expensive sport for our family, and, um, obviously, like, scholarships could be in the horizon, like, is that a possibility, and, you know, um, just from hearing, like, the, you know, the subset of data, I had to be, like, you know, to be honest with you, like, it might not Mm -hmm. be the case, you know what I mean, like, I hadn't watched the kids swim yet, and I didn't really put together whose kid was his, um, so I wasn't like, no, leave the sport and I don't want to look down. Like, I don't want anyone to hate on me, but it's like, no, like I think there is something to the sport where there is some people who can just do it. And it seems to be rather, um, I don't know, man. And that, like, I hate to say familial or like genetic cause it could be from any, you know, family. Yeah. Um, you look at like the Vander case. And it's like, and it's that age-old argument. It's like, am I this way because I was born this way, or am I this way because my parents taught me to be this way? Whether or not it's a positive attribute or a negative one, mm-hmm. and I'm not here to solve that. But it's like, you know, you can you watch kids jump in, and you're like, this kid gets it. I don't know about this kid. And I mean, and we're talking super young, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not the most forgiving sport in that way. But like, in another way, like I don't know, maybe I'm way wrong, and I'm just lucky. And um, you can work your way into it, but that's just never been my experience. And I know a lot of swimmers. <laughs> I've been doing this quite a long time. Yeah, I was about to say you're definitely well connected and in in it for quite some time. A lot, which is good. You know, it's it's been fun to watch your career. Has there been? Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. been it's a crazy experience. Like I was saying, like I never planned on going past college. Um, it was funny recently uh, my mom was talking to me about a story that I didn't remember um, you know because like they would always tell me that like realistic plan is like you know we want you to um, like this is great for you to get a degree like I had I'm like a straight B student mm-hmm. college high school middle school like I think I was like B's and C's and then I started driving and in California at least at the time it was like males specifically if you had the lowest 3-0 your insurance would go through the roof mm-hmm. um and so my parents are like, look, we'll pay for your insurance. You can pay for the gas, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, if you go below 3-0, then, you know, the rest is on you. So then from then, I was, like, literally, like, 72 Bs <laughs> in a row. Um, but so, like, there was a really realistic career impact on my uh, swimming from a very young age. Like, I was able to win um, CIF in the 200 free as a freshman, um, which at the time, I, you know, I think I was, like, 139 high. I was, like nowhere near the nag i think it was like 38 high or 39 low but i was like in the top 10 all time for 14 year olds mm-hmm. um, and that was like the first time in my career where there was like evidence of that talent working out and i remember bryce um 
Elster called me that night and he was like, you played water polo in the fall. Like in the fall for us is water polo in the spring mm-hmm. is swimming. So I played water polo until November and then I swam for like a couple of weeks. And then I went to New Zealand on like holiday with the junior guards for like a student exchange program basically. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I didn't start swimming until January and I didn't do morning practices. Like we were pretty like pro me doing multiple sports. Like this, we know know what's gonna happen. The swimming thing. Like he'll he's fourteen, turning fifteen. That means the next summer he'll do captains and he'll do lifeguarding. Um, and that's how I'll make my money. And then that night he called me. He's like, "Quit everything. Please listen to me. Don't lifeguard. Like ask for an investment from your parents and really go for this because you can get a education out of this." And my uh, mm. parents, my dad, had kind of like already put that together. <laughs> and, uh, um, so I'm so thankful for the people around me again. But um, from that moment forward, I was a one sport athlete, and um, it's been you know it's been a crazy ride. Like and so that was the reason I started swimming full time, like full time, full time, going to morning practices, quitting junior guards, and it's like I need to get a college degree. And I'm so thankful I got to go to Cal. I'm so thankful for everything I learned here. I'm so thankful that you know I got to work with Dave, and I met my wife here. Mm-hmm. it's been an unbelievable bet right like it's worked out for me so well but then you know i graduated and day before i got done with my eligibility david sent me to the world cups um because he had kind of seen um here's an athlete that can you know medal and become an olympian but doesn't think he can um because i hadn't had any long course success at all mm-hmm. uh, so i went to the world cups and um then based off my like fourth place at olympic trials they invited me to the short course worlds and I picked up a medal there and then I went back for my senior year and then I was done. So now I've like, I technically have an international medal. I technically have some international experience. I have some skin in the game. And I can see these guys like Chad McClough and Diaceto, um, who were on the tour at the time and Kenneth Toe, who um, has since passed. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think he won that year with the hundred IM times and George Bavel, Roland Schumann. It's like, I kind of met these guys and seen their faces and they, they weren't like boogeymen to me anymore. And then, um, uh, that started off like my it's hard to call it a rivalry but my friendship I guess with Chad he's beating me like every time but three but mm-hmm. he had just coming off winning the games and I was like well I'm like right there short course with this guy like how about we invest and learn and that's where my like pro career came from we didn't never like I, I thought like I'm gonna go home um, I'm gonna work on the beach um, do the lifeguarding thing and figure out what's next for me from there um, so like this whole, there was no like great ambitions out the gate, um, for me at all, where I see a lot of these guys out of high school and it's like their self-confidence and what they want in their goals in the sport are so high. And I think that's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't necessarily have that. <clears throat> per se. So I just feel like, you know, I just get all this bonus time, but my mom had told me the story recently that I guess we were in an argument once. And um, this isn't how I would feel every day, but we were fighting about, like, me not having a job or something or other, right? And um, she had said, like, what are you going to do besides swim? Like, if you don't, um, we were arguing about some class, probably Spanish. She was a Spanish major, and now looking back, she was right. Like, I really wish I know Spanish now, and I don't, and I just don't have the time or energy (laughs) that I had when I was 16. Where Like, they gave me time to learn this, and I just Mm -hmm. didn't do it. And she had said, what are you going to do after college? Like, you're going to need something to fall back on. Like, swimming won't last forever. And I said, Mom, like, I'm going to make... She said, professional swimming isn't a real thing. And I said, Mom, like, I'm going to make professional swimming a real thing. And she called me when uh, we announced the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, just kind of mentioned her support. Obviously, she was a little worried, but gave me that little story. as like, um, 
a little like tidbit of like, no, this is who you've always been. It was like nice because like I didn't really know um, if stepping out like that was the right thing to do or not, but I just kind of like did it anyways with um, Michael and Katinka, and that really like made me feel centered. And I I love my mom, and she's always been so supportive. Um, But I just thought that was funny because like yeah, this was never like really the plan, but I guess it kind of (laughs) was. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. I think you touched on it a little bit. Has there ever been a point, though, that you've, like, really faced adversity in your career? And if so, like, what got you through that? Um, I mean, after 17 trials, it's probably the hardest time in my life, slash, I mean, that was hard. Like, my wife had just gotten into grad school and left her um, work for the year and wasn't going to make an income, but Mm -hmm. also needed... Um, and it's nothing, it wasn't anything like psycho amount of money. It wasn't, she wasn't going to yeah. be a doctor, you know what I mean? But it, it was, it was in the thousands for tuition and we had rent and, uh, you know, coming off the games and, uh, we thought we were going to like re-sign with arena. That didn't happen. We thought we were going to, I was going to make the world's team. That didn't happen. And then we thought like a couple other things were going to happen and they didn't happen. So it was like, Oh shoot. Like we don't have an income. It's the middle of July. I've taken a week off of swimming. I've drinking every night in a row. Um, I can't figure out like how to afford anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. everything was an investment for going forward. And now it's supposed to be like my launching point in my own head. And I, I missed it. And it still kind of screws me to this day because it's like still kind of working backwards from that year or working forward from that year hasn't been a ton of success internationally. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess how I worked through it was uh, not necessarily the healthiest way, but I, uh, you know, with my team being gone, and Yuri taking the guys over to the East Coast for nationals and me, I wasn't going to. I went to um, Olympic club by myself twice a day, every day, and trained myself the best I could to go to the World Cups, entered myself, went over there, and just, um, you know, did what I could. And uh, I overtrained myself. So my 50s and 100s sucked, but fortunately, I got really close to my American record in the 200. Mm-hmm. And that got me in the overall bonus twice. Because um, that year, they were only offering, like, um, you could like for a three meet cluster, you could only do each event twice. Like for one meet, there was no two hundred uh, fly, and mm-hmm. so like and say that meet would have the hundred breast, and then the next meet there would be a two fly, but there wouldn't be a hundred breast, and then like so on and so forth. So it worked out that like you could only do two per three meets. So that really hurts guys like me and Cameron Vandenberg, who are like really good at one thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that's like the idea was to to reward people to, who have that spread around talent, which rightfully so, Fina can do whatever they want. Um, but that was when I really hit me that I was like, look, like these guys can just take my job away. Um, like obviously, like I have no ill will against Caleb and Jack taking my job away. That's the American job. Yeah. Uh, but with Fina, it's like they can just change the rules, and tomorrow I don't have a job. And um, there's nothing against me. I'm not, it's their right, it's their thing. But we don't have any skin in that game. And um, I know that there's athlete representatives and there's this and there's that and there's this and there's that. And it's like, I've been on enough boards to know that the athlete representatives are there to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's <about laughs> it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just the, the way it's always been. And so it just kind of comes to, that's where I really got that idea in my head to like, hey, let's like, I'm going to do something about this like drastically or I'm going to have to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no Huntington Beach lifeguard department in San Francisco. And I can just say, oh, I'll just go work on the beach. But even that's not true. Like I have to, I can't run anymore. So I'd have to do that. And I'd have to relearn all the codes and I'd have to 
apply and I'd have to take, you know, a week of classes and during a high school or spring break in Huntington. So it was like that. And that's really like what I view my only skill set is, is mm-hmm. like the only things that I've ever really learned. Um, and my wife was in school up here. So thankfully we went to the World Cups. Um, I was able to make barely enough to kind of like get us through to Pantac trials, screwed that up too. And then um, I didn't compete in the World Cups that fall. Had a, I don't know if it was a panic attack or whatever, but uh, I have like vasophagal syncope. I pardon my mispronunciation. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, around traveling, I can faint sometimes. I'm super stressed out. And so it's like September 6, 2018. Um, and it happens like right after you poop, I mm. learned too. So I was like trying to pack up to the airport to head to Moscow to race long course to go to the World Cups. And I was out on my feet, um, you know, tunnel vision, totally fainted. My wife, Gianna, said I was like stiff as a board. And I fell over, mm-hmm. um, and I hit my head on the, our, uh, it's not hardwood, but it's like the printed linoleum, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But it's still pretty damn hard. And uh, she said, like, it looks like a tomato hit the wall, like, Ooh. and uh, we went to the ER, got me stitched up, there's pretty bad scarring, but fortunately it's like right on my um, eyebrows, and you can't really see it. Um, and uh, I didn't go, and then, you know, I, I had to, like, I was out of the water for about a month. Mm-hmm. until I could do anything like I was pretty damn spacey um, that was a pretty good knock unfortunately you know Keenan uh, Robinson and um, Steve Sono and plenty of people around Cal like I was being checked in on so I was fine um, from a health standpoint but mm-hmm. that was kind of the moment where I was like well okay I guess this is it and um, I had kind of already looked at years ago trying to join the military and I'm 27 at the time so I was like well yeah. that's kind of over so I was like, well, okay, what am I going to, like, what, actually, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like swimming's clearly not it. Like, I have all these goddamn health problems. I have all these issues with it, like, mentally, and it's not moving forward. So what? And then, um, you know, I got approached with this opportunity to Sufina. <laughs> and um, for whatever reason, like, I really latched on to that, that month. And I was like, look, like, we can actually build something. And it's not going to be right now. And I, I, you know, I haven't seen a, you know, a relative dime so to speak like at all because yeah. I haven't won meets yet um, obviously I've signed the current and Lenny's awesome and we'll get into that but um, I really took that as like okay well if I, I'm really betting on myself year after year and I'm betting on myself year after year and I'm not seeing it I'm like it's a little bit of that sunk cost fallacy I understand that or opportunity cost or whatever you call it but like mm-hmm. I decided there's like no I'm going to keep going I got two more years until or basically you know, a year and eight months until trials um, I know I can like lose the 10 pounds I needed to lose. I know I can do this. I know I can do that. And um, then I got invited to Pan Ams and then things got got, got better and I got into therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a you know, key detail missing there, but I don't want to go into it. But um, yeah, and then, you know, I go, I do cognitive, behavior, cognitive behavioral therapy once a week. Sometimes my wife comes, sometimes she doesn't. Um, but it's mostly based around um, like negative neural... Uh, patterns of thinking, neural pathways, mm-hmm. sorry. And, um, uh, yeah, it's cool, man. And it, it, it really helps me. Like, I have a lot of, um, as I'm sure many people do, I have a lot of, like, self-talk that's, like, very negative and very mm-hmm. critical. And, um, and that was, well, you know, that's what made you realize, like, blah, 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 and push yourself. And it's like, maybe, but, like, also it's what let me not do well because I was so, like, shaking on the blocks every time that I couldn't, because I had to perform and I couldn't, you know, I had to, 
blah, 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 anxiety. Like, you get what I'm trying to say? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you think that's... No, it's like, it's like a double-edged sword, and I'm thankful for everything I've had in my life, so, like, this problem isn't something I'm thankful for. Like, I have insomnia, mm-hmm. and I overthink, I just get, like, and, you know, I get the end-thins, I call it, like, well, if this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then, you know what I mean, I just get stuck in that. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, then I'm fucked, or then this is going to go wrong, or this is going to go bad. Um, that the, like, I, I've learned, and this is what I like about the dude I see. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, he's all like athletic. At least that's how I put it. It's like, uh-huh. it's like spell a long word backwards to like slow your brain down. Mm-hmm. It's pretty damn hard to do, and it moves you into your uh, the front part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is like not the amygdala, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what happens. And a lot of what I've realized in my life, like I won't remember arguments I've had because I just go into like fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again, he says, and I, I believe him because it makes me feel better. That that's not uncommon in um, people like me. So I was like, okay, great. Because like a lot of times, like it's like, oh, you said this thing. People say that to me, and it's like I don't remember saying that. And I no substance abuse issues. No, like I it was like a Monday at noon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, I just get so hot and I can't deescalate. So it's like simple things like that. Um, and there's a couple more, but I like that one because it's like pretty clear. Like, and it works pretty damn right away. I'm sorry to talk over you, but that was no, my last little piece on that. And so I, I just I harp so hard on therapy and the importance of it because it's just like I mean it saved my life. Yeah, we were I, we were honestly on the same wavelength there. That's literally what I was going to be like. Oh, what tips has he like given you to oh, yeah, kind of rein yeah. that in? So that that was perfect. Yeah, I mean he's he's a crazy dude. He's uh we saw him. I found him on like psychologytoday.com. Like I literally googled like <laughs> blah blah blah. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> But he's a, he's a he's a goddamn genius in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's actually so funny you, you bring that all up. I um, myself, you know, started that while I was at school. I haven't done it since I've been out of school because it's not free anymore. Um, but when I was in college, like junior year, I started going to see um, just a regular psychologist on campus and like talking through like, hey, I'm feeling all this pressure of like. I need to do this in the sport, but I also need to, like, I got to get a job, but I don't know what I'm good at. Like, I know I'm good at swimming, but, like, what do I do after that? Man, I feel that every day. Um, So it's cool to... It's like, oof, I don't know what's next, man. (laughs) Well, I think it's fun. I mean, to put it in perspective, my best 200 free time was what you went when you were 14. So, like, you had a promise post-college swimming for me, it was like, yeah, that's never, well, never going to happen. Yeah, but, I, so. I don't know how old you are, but at the time, like, not really. Yeah, that's like, true. I mean, Crocker and Phelps were still active, and those were two of the couple true. guys ahead of me. But, you know, it, it was already at the point, like, oh, you know, Crocker, he's going to be done very soon. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, oh, well, this is like a very short shelf life. And thank God, Michael changed everything. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I, I say this to this day. Michael paid our is still paying my bills. Yeah. Uh, the level of success and eyes that he brought to us is just untold, and we we I mean, we obviously all owe him a huge debt of gratitude. I mean, he really paved the way. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And that, yeah, I mean, and it's so much so. Like, even uh, I know, like I, I've paid out of pocket for a lot of therapy, but now mm-hmm. um, through not only my leaning on them, I'm not taking any credit, but partially my leaning on them and other people, and obviously. Um, a big notable one is Allison Schmidt, and I know Phelps has talked a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. But USA Swimming is, is uh, the national team division is launching like a certain amount of money for whatever therapist you want. So mm-hmm. it's not connected to the elite health insurance. 
because like I did have technically like a therapist I could uh, talk to, but they're in like San Diego and it was only like once a month and like that just didn't really fit my needs and it wasn't, you know, I didn't really know who I was getting. It was just kind of like assigned to you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, you can really tell I'm endorsing Andrew Yang a little bit here, but just <laughs> by giving us that money and letting us do like, and it's, it's not just like free cash, yeah. but we, letting us choose our own therapist. Like I drive two minutes, he's right there. It's an hour a week. It's every time. And I go boom and talk to him. And um, it's a dude I can sit face to face with. And I chose because it's my specific problem. So that's the other thing too, is a lot of the USOC people are like sports psychologists, which is great if that's your issue where it's like, dude, that's not really, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not really what I'm dealing with here. Like I'm dealing yeah. with more of like, um, look, I love my parents and um, they're great people and they've grown so much since they've raised me too. And, and they talk about this a lot, but, um, and I believe that everyone has this a little bit, but like, you know, your parents have like little ways that they help you and little, little ways that they teach you to screw your life up. Mm-hmm. And um, that's basically what I needed help unpacking, right? It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I need to work on my routine or I have the yips or like, it, that's just not, um, and I love, like, I worked with Ken Revisa before he died. Um, you know, uh, God, I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> everybody knows that. Um, and I'm, you know, I miss them all, and I'm, I'm uh-huh. not meaning to blow right through it, but um, it, it, it is very sad circumstances every time. But um, at the time, it was like, look, like, this stuff's all well and good, and like visualization and all that stuff, but like, I, I don't know, I've been doing that. Like, this isn't my problem. My problem is, like, I don't like me. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem is that like I leave, I live my life in such a way, or I think about myself in such a way that it leads me to not really want to be here. You know what I mean? And that's not necessarily like directly related to sports psychology issues. So I really wanted to work with someone who just like did that thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if your car's broken in a certain way, you want to take it to someone who fixes it that specific way. Yeah. Not necessarily like a different. Wait, I, I don't know why I made that example. I or just a general, a, a general yeah. like store, or I guess exactly. whatever you want to call exactly. it. <laughs> and I'm not just going to go to AutoZone if I know the specific issue. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, and I'm so thankful for that. Like Russell Mark was a huge part of that. Lindsay um, Mintenko, obviously Barbini, everybody like over there has been so supportive of everyone. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of shot out to a major portion of the national team and I think the Olympic team gets it for four years because that's where you see the biggest drop-offs in mental state is if you actually make the team. Yeah. Um, really? So I, I feel so blessed to have been a small part of it and I feel so blessed to be a recipient of it for at least the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully four more years after. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. I think that's really important though because I feel like what you're talking about, I mean, while the purpose of this podcast is really to focus on athletics in general, I think you're touching on stuff that goes deeper, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've kind of um, shied away from it, but now I'm talking about it. So I guess now I'll start talking about it. No, I mean, I think it's it's something that's got to be said. And, you know, hopefully the narrative around it all changes for the better, in a sense, yeah. you know? Yeah, and again, that's another thing that, I mean, we owe a lot to um, Allison and those that have come before us is um, mm-hmm. that like Olympic hangover or like the demystification of um, athletes mental health issues uh, is good you know what I mean and I owe everyone to yeah. not before me about it and like it's I mean it's, it's hard man we have we still um, we lose people a lot in a lot of different areas of life but this is my industry it's what yeah. I ended up in so of course I care about these people you know yeah 100% I think a lot of it I guess the negative is like 
society, I feel like, views athletes, especially the elite ones, like, come on, like, what could really be wrong? Yeah. Like, you have everything. But, like, yeah. they don't really so know the like whole if story. You think, if you think wrong, you think wrong. Yeah. Like, it's like, look, I, I have had a lot of success in life, and I'm very thankful for it, but I don't have, like, Pete Davidson money. But still, like, that dude is allowed to have problems. Yeah. Like, this is pretty clear, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I think, do you think it comes from, like, the pressures of the outside world being placed on you, or not really? You know what I mean? It could be anything. Um, Mm -hmm. Who knows? And I I also don't think that, like, doing ten sessions a week, getting up to five, um, four days a week, driving an hour to Mission Viejo my senior year, or coaching myself for two months, and doing, like, what is required to keep myself afloat specifically, Mm -hmm. um, whereas every... I guess comic or every athlete or every like person who is in this type of environment find like at one point has a similar story. Where it's like the person who's going to do that for the reward or lack thereof that we're given in our sport mm-hmm. um, isn't necessarily uh, all there. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of uh, what <laughs> what keeps you going. Because I mean, aside from I guess Michael, uh, there's no one really in the sport that I'd say like really made like a solid solid living out of it like what keeps you going back um, to it well i mean there's Lockheed, not to be yeah. there's plenty of other country examples federica pellegrini plenty of japanese swimmers but i know what you mean like within the united states you look you probably yeah. have Coglin, um Lockheed, phelps a couple others that can really just be like done you know what i mean yeah um and yeah good for them i'm not complaining <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no it's definitely a weird thing it's like this is what I like to do. And that's what um, one of my friends put it to me. It's like, look, like you're going to be motivated by the money and you're that kind of person. And you're going to go into the business world after this and you're going to do great. But like, um, I'm so thankful for my degree, for what I learned. And I'm so thankful for getting to swim the cow and be a cow for the kind of person I became mm-hmm. and the person I got to marry and the person I met here and um, the people I get to be around every day. But um, when, you know, everyone was kind of doing that major hustle. Like, what am I going to major in? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? I was so turned off to the idea of like being solely motivated by money. Yeah. Even when I was 19. So I don't have to be connected to this idea hundred percent anymore. Like now I like money because I pay a little bit more bills. But yeah. <laughs> at the same time, um, I remember like, I'm not going to go to Haas. I'm not even going to try to get in. I'm not going to do econ. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something that I find interesting. Cause not only does it kind of like, hopefully cut off future me from just like doing something that I would hate to do, which is working nine to five, mm-hmm. but also kind of like keep me, me. And so, you know, I don't really know like how to answer that question outside of the fact that like, I will work so hard to not work. <laughs> like, and that's one thing that I really realized is like, I will do anything I can mm-hmm. to not have a job. Like I'm my own boss. I've always been my own boss. I've never filed a W2. I've taken out, I've taken out loans um, I've been, you know, more or less financially independent since I was 18. My parents gave me one um, loan to travel to Europe. I paid it back to them in six months with winnings. Um, and that's been it. And, um, you know, I really pride myself on that. I really pride myself on, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, like, yeah. the cool thing about swimming here is like, Lindsay can email me, even if I'm on APA, which this year I'm not. So this year she can't even email me. Yeah. Um, well, she has my email, but you know what I mean. And she'd be like, we need you to do this. And you're going to be, no. Now you can, there's a cost to that because you are a private contractor, but you are on your own. And I really enjoy that freedom. That's kind of what keeps me coming back. It's like, I want to do this and I don't need you. 
You know what I mean? It's not like rebellion aspect that of my very teenage preteen years still <laughs> shining through, but that's like who I am to a T, I guess. I feel like that's what everyone strives for, especially now. Um, like I would love, you know, honestly, to, to be able to be in their shoes and be like can completely control my employment. That's what I mean. And that's um, why like I'm so thankful for FINA in, in a lot of ways. Like the only reason I've gotten to do that is their reinvestment in the into the World Cups after twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. They put all they increased all those winnings. That's basically what my career's been, that in contract money in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, and international medals, of course. But um, like by and large the World Cups is, is, is what gives me that free enterprise. And I, I yeah, I mean that's like the American dream, right? And so like a lot of people like um, I see a lot of comments or a lot of people DM me or a lot of people you just you know, kind of know it's like oh well you know he's not going to go best time again or he's not going to do this again or he's not going to blah 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 so he should just be done yeah. it's like I don't need to like fit your like esoteric story for a career like I'm not really pursuing that and like to be honest with you yeah like I'm not motivated to try to win mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to get like my little eight little marks that make up my name in that little box on the um, LED lights go above like one more person you know what I mean like I want to create something that like I feel has value and I want to remain free and that's how I view my career at this point and mm-hmm. yeah maybe I'd be better if I was a little bit more like motivated by that um, but it just it hasn't stuck like I've spent my life competitive you know what I mean like they have that story like um, Kelly Slater always tells a story where it's like he would play ping pong for eight hours until he could beat his brother mm-hmm. when he was a kid and he's like, he's like, I just, like and his brother, I think, was a little bit older than him, but he had that drive. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of us like that. But at a certain point, man, I just kind of like, I don't know, I don't, like, I don't know, I went to play pool with my wife last night. She, I sunk the eight ball in one, and the next time she barely beat me. And I was like, oh, like, let's go home, which sounds like a normal date. But five years ago, it's like, no, we got to go again. No, we got to play again. And I have to play until, like, my game scores higher. I have to do that. And it's like, I was really a pain in the ass to hang out with for that reason. Yeah. And we're all that way. But, like, for whatever reason, I don't know, it's over. Um, and so it's been, I got, I'm relying on my discipline. I'm relying on my love for the movement of the sport. I'm relying on my, like, desire to beat one of my best times. But I'm not, I don't know, I'm not that guy anymore. And um, that doesn't mean I have to goddamn retire. Like, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean I have to retire, goddammit. Like, I can just, like, I can, if I can do this and still make money, leave me alone. I think you're at a, a very, like, important point in your career and time yes. and the timing in the sport itself is huge. But just seeing, I mean, seeing, like, the International Swim League and all this other stuff mm-hmm. coming together. Oh, absolutely. I think you're very fortunate to be a part of it and just you're realizing your your role is bigger than just you yeah and that's the other thing i'm not walking away now yeah we're talking about organizing we're talking about isl we're talking about like all this other stuff and for whatever reason because i made the right friends or whatever i get to be relatively involved in it and um, i'm not gonna let that opportunity go to waste like i remember it was almost 10 years ago what was that 2011 wugs i sat down um it was me um, my two roommates, one of them was Clark Brickle and um, Brett Hawk, I believe, who's my coach at the ISL now. We sat down because we were so, I was so frustrated. I was probably the loudest one being like, there's nobody here. Nobody cares. Nobody's swimming fast. Hell, our coaches are focused on worlds. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, nobody cares. 
um, about this meat. Like, just call it what it is. Like, and I think Wugs has changed now. Swimming's changed a lot. Um, and maybe it's just my perspective. Um, but, like, dude, but that meat was, like, not fun to be at. And I've been to great meats in China. Like, I don't misinterpret me here. Yeah. Um, but, like, it just felt like there's, like, this is not what I work my ass off every day for. Whereas, like, I was coming from two NCAA experiences where I was like, dude, like, this is awesome. Like, everybody cares. Everybody's so into it. My buddies are here. Like, my family's here. Um, and NCAA is always supposed to be more intimate. But, like, yeah, I was like, this isn't it. And so we sat down and we kind of designed what we think, like, a spectator-based dual meet only league should look like look like and like what that would entail and we designed like 12 man teams like blah 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 like short format cut out the distance stuff for the first couple years like short course vegas like we had that all written down on a piece of paper yeah Uh, um now i didn't give that paper to constantine um i didn't meet constantine until they had already designed what they wanted to look like but when i heard that i was like well i'm gonna do everything i can you know what I mean? I'm gonna do everything I can to stay involved in the sport to survive long enough to see this come to fruition. Because like, how many times in your life is like a billionaire gonna walk up and be like, "Hey, you know that like teenage dream you had? Let's try it out." You <laughs> so I was like, all. "Yeah, I'm gonna do that." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's just it's been a crazy year and a half, and it's been a crazy time in my life. Yeah, for sure. And um, I'm so excited to try and build something with that. When's, uh, I mean, we can talk about that now, I guess, when's that season kick off officially this month, right? Um, well, I don't know when this is going up, but it's going to go up in two days from when we're recording. Okay. So October 5th and 6th in Indianapolis, 12th and 13th in Naples, Italy. Now, I won't be at those two, that will be the other four teams. Okay. And then the LA Current will be in a Claude meet in 19th and 20th in Dallas, Texas, and then, uh, of October, and then the 26th and 27th of October in um, Budapest, Hungary. Okay, awesome. So that's kind of like this month's stuff, and those are like the really important dates, and like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, if you've listened this far, uh, <laughs> this is pretty important for me, so that's why I'm going to plug up those dates pretty hard on all my social media. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've pride myself, I guess, being well-connected in the D.C. area, and I can tell you... Um, we're super excited, yeah. and it's like super random that I feel like College Park has one, one of the yeah. Meets. I don't know. I was obviously like I'm saying we and us and I, but like yeah. mostly them are doing all that. Like my th- involvement is very from the swimmer capacity at this point. Yeah, but, I think uh, a lot of it comes excited. from. I've never competed in DC, so I think it'll be awesome. And um, and we're gonna go there in the middle of November, and that'll be all the American teams, which I think will be awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of it may, might be have to doing with Katie being from here. Um, that Again, helps out. Great decision to do that. Um, but <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's a really smart goal. I'm excited because is it short course yards? Everything or short course meters? Short course meters. I believe everything short course meters. But okay. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Man, I was about because I mean that College Park pool at Maryland has some really fast times. Um, Phelps has swam there and has some pool records. I was like, man, that would be pretty cool of like to watch some of those go down because I. That'd be awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, that will be one. I don't know who exactly is attending what. Like, obviously, they've announced yeah. uh, rosters for this meet. But, I mean, like, yeah, we'll all be there, hopefully. So, it would be fun. Fingers crossed. But I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to it. I think it'll be a cool um, cool thing. Um, I want to touch on it. You touched a little bit on it earlier about kind of growing up with that pressure of making an Olympic team. I think a lot of people... You know, maybe people listening to this don't really realize that only two people go. 
And you unfortunately grew up in a time where Michael was like doing his thing. Um, yeah. And he kind of took a spot away. I hear away. that. I hear it all the time. But like, yeah. when, I, when Michael was really doing his thing, it could have been any of the 65 guys ahead of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It wasn't really like, I mean, in 12, I guess, but like Lochte and Tyler beat me. So like, yeah. it's the United States. And I'm not taking anything away from Michael. Like, yeah. I, I model everything that I do in the sport after him. Like, I've learned so much from watching his video. I've learned everything from him. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, how long did it take for the 100 fly to get eaten up by, you know, the same way? Eight months? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I you feel like you look... Back strokers, it's like, well, Michael never competed at trials with 100 backs. Not necessarily true. We, I know that. You know that. Yeah. But in 2008, 2012, it's like, well, the 100 back stroke was just as contentious. And that's... that's and, and I don't mean to demean him again. Like, I'm just talking about our team. Yeah. Like, that's just the United States Olympic team, man. Like... I think people don't realize the, the yeah, yeah, the depth quite of our country, especially yeah. in the sport. Like Yeah, and what's unfortunate is that there's never been and there probably won't be in any time soon a true like contestable world championship meet mm-hmm. because of that. And the, you know, ever since uh, so we used to be able to bring three. I believe track still brings three. Yeah. Uh, but in nineteen eighty we boycotted the games and um, in nineteen seventy six I believe swimming especially on the men's side, had won almost every medal but one or two. I don't know, but a lot. Um, and so in 1980, the other countries came together and moved that number down to two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it's been ever since, and so that's why we can only bring two. But the like hidden part of that is, yeah, so ever since 1980 or whatever, there has been no meet that you could call that truly all of the best swimmers in the world are there. Because there's always not only one or two, but a couple yeah. here, a couple there, a couple that are off, or a couple that quote-unquote, like, retired or playing handball, and uh, people can do whatever they want, right? Like, I'm not talking any crap. Like, I've had terrible years, and I've had great years. Um, Of course that happens. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but, like, like, even the Olympics is probably the closest we get, but, like, look at Thoman in 12. You know what I mean? There's always that example. Or look at, like, the guys who would have beaten me because <laughs> I didn't yeah. got a prelims in the two fly. Like, and it would be cool just to do like an open invite of the top 50 or whatever. And that's something that's being talked about. That's awesome to hear. Cause I feel uh, like sorry, or whatever. Yeah. there's so many people as uh, definitely on the American team that like third or fourth at trials means like third or fourth at the Olympics as well. And they're not even there now mm-hmm. because they didn't mm-hmm. qualify. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. You have <laughs> guys who are career long would be medalists who never got to knock down that door, especially in the American IMs. Like, absolutely would be oh, medalists yeah. slash finalists who never got that traction, never got that name, never got that contract, and are out of the sport at 22, 23. And it's like, well, we're just doing a disservice to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, how about we, like, build a separate pipeline? How about we. Because, like, and this is something that I, you know, if anyone at US or something is listening to this part of this podcast, this is the part that they will recognize the most. <laughs> is like, if we just kick those people out of the sport, we are doing a disservice to ourselves because those people could grow to become, um, for lack of a better term, people like me who developed really late in life to be Olympic caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like, you know, it's not the point anymore where it's like 15, 16, 17, 18, and that's it. And then screw everyone else. You know, you've seen a lot of these guys come through at much later ages. And I, I can name off a ton of names, but I don't want to demean them because I really respect them. But yeah. who were great, never made that traction at 12 trials, 
never made that traction at um, uh, 10 or 13 trials. We don't have, we didn't have one in 11. Um, and then just kind of like, okay, job time. And it's like, well, like that guy, look, and that guy specifically, um, in any circumstances, is way more talented than me. But I'm just like dumb enough to stick around. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like shooting ourselves in the foot in terms of USA swimming. Um, it's like, look, like you guys are kind of like, oh yeah, like these guys are great, but you know, we'll just bet on the next 16 year old, um, implicitly, just by the way things are designed. Um, because you get that four years relatively free or, or paid for through your parents or loans or whatever in college. And, um, so I'm, I'm excited to try and like help solve that problem ourselves. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it's not attached to FINA. It's not attached to USA Swimming. It's not attached to the whatever America's Swim Federation is. I forget what it is. It's, it's just the ISL. Mm-hmm. It's like if we can make this happen, then we have our own little system of like adding that pipeline through. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that'll be an awesome opportunity for, you know, every swimmer yeah. out there, not just... Oh, absolutely. I mean, even my, um, my teammate, like Justin Lynch... The perfect example. Great in college. Mm-hmm. Really good swimmer. Really solid. A lot of unfortunate, like, ninths and seventeenths. If you look through his career, and he, he you know, he's not going to be shy about that. But he's signed on to, um, shoot, he's either on New York or, um, um, Caitlin's. I forget. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, but he's in the ISL. And it's like, that's who I look at. And it's like, if this guy, like, really commits now, and like maybe this year, maybe next time, or maybe whatever. Like this guy could be a great swimmer, mm-hmm. but like for whatever reason, just like needed that time to incubate. And it's like, well, now we're trying to create that that time. You know what I mean? And it's like this literally will connect the next nine months for him, whereas he may have walked away if the ISL wasn't there leading into trials. And it's like, well, you're eight months out. Like what? You know, what if you have like a Seth Stubblefield type drop? That puts him on the team. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like. It's cool. So we got to keep him around. You know what I mean? And I, now I'm talking about someone in my own event, but that's just the nature of like the sport. And you just kind of have to put that out of your mind and work with your teammates. And that's every top level American yeah. has to understand that at some point. I mean, just it's the nature of sports in general. There's always going to be that next generation after you. There's always going to be someone there to challenge yeah. you. And like, yeah. that's what keeps it interesting though. But. And that's what I think is a great benefit of the NCAA system is that like, most people get over that, like, kick people down around me to keep myself the best thing mm-hmm. after, like, during their freshman year. It's like, wait, no, like, if you get first and I get second, that's just 37 points instead of 20. So, like, yeah. you have to, like, focus on that, especially at Cal. Like, that's the culture. So we're really um, thankful for Durden and everything he's brought us, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you've touched on it a little bit. Can you just elaborate, I guess, on what the Olympic experience was like for you? And then did you experience, like, a hangover afterwards, too? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing, because, like, it's supposed to be this huge thing. And I don't know, like, how London was. I don't know how Beijing was. I don't know how any Olympics was other than when I was at. Mm -hmm. But, like, when they say, oh, it's swim meet, you're like, yeah, 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 I hear you, but it's the Olympics. Like, no. Like, it's a World Cup that you just make way more money at. (laughs) Really? Okay. Like, there's not even that many more people there. Interesting. Um, in terms of spectators. Now, like, Rio may be different because of Zika, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, yeah. the, the, the venue wasn't that big. And maybe the venue was bigger in um, London. And I've been to the Moscow one, and it seems pretty big. But that's, like, if that's what keeps you involved in, like, 
you're probably not going to make it there, <laughs> mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, like, all the parts that matter, it's like, no, it's wet. It's kind of cold. The massage therapist, the same ones, you know. Your coach is your coach. Like, what changes? Um, and so it's kind of like a letdown in that way. It's like, um, in a lot of people's minds, I think. And, um, you know, and I guess, like, that didn't really get to me as much because I've never really, like, respected the Olympics as, like, a, as a meet. Okay. Uh, in terms of like, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't drink the Kool Aid on that one. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was ten um, or nine watching the two thousand games, and it's like, oh, this is like the fastest meet in the world. It's like, yeah, but is it? You know what I mean? Like, I was like immediately like that, and it's. Um, I mean, and I think it's pretty provable that it's not. You know, all the fast times in the world are from world championships. Like, period. I was gonna say, oh nine Rome. Yeah, well, right. not only that. Yeah, not only that, like, other from ones, too. Until now, obviously, nine was Michael's best, and you could say, well, asterisk, but, like, look at um, anybody else. Like, nobody, like, has lifetime, all-time performances at the games. I mean, my teammate Ryan Murphy is a total point against my um, statement there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're always going to get those outliers, but... Um, for the, like by and large the community at large doesn't sort of fashion the games it's hard like games um, are really hard logistically because they're more about um, the blah 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 than, than the sport and what I mean by that is if you look up and I always forget what it is so I try to never repeat it but um, <laughs> like the guy one guy who was like the charter member of the Olympics or the starter of it in like 96 1896 okay. or 1900 was like this is not about like elite performance this is not about who you seeing who's the best this is about like charity and goodwill which now that I'm a little older and like I can connect the dots between that World War II class I took and the Olympics it's like yeah. oh I get it but like when I was younger it's like no like you're taking what I'm about which is like being the best I can be and being an elite performance like that's what I care about and you're just like pooping all over it that's how I've always viewed the games. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just didn't, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't like NBC that much. I don't watch the TV shows. They're cool people. Like, I don't like, It really, like, hurts me to say that because they're going to hear that and be like, oh, well, we're not going to give him an interview. And it's like every single yeah. team member got interviewed right after the race but me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who knows? And, like, maybe I'm a little bit too self-important. And it's like, no, I, I made the team with Michael. They wanted to interview Michael alone. Maybe. But the fact remains that, like, it was definitely me that wasn't the only guy or the only person that wasn't interviewed, so I don't know. Um, but I just kind of, like, don't want the Olympics to be the height of our sport. I've been saying that since I was 11, 12 years old. So I'm going to continue to say that. Yeah. Other than that, the Olympics were what they were. Um, I didn't do half as well as I wanted. Um, I That was the best shape I've been in. The way I was training, I really thought I was going to be able to win or medal in the 100. And um, by the time I got there, I just felt fried. I felt dead. I didn't feel right. Um, my brain wasn't right. I didn't deal with like the logistic adversity enough. I couldn't sleep well. Um, blah, blah, blah. Excuse, excuse, sun in my eyes. Yeah. <clears throat> Everyone else dealt with that. They, you know, the people who, like James Joseph still won and everyone who medaled still medaled. Um, and I'm not saying like, oh, it was, you know, but, but I would have. No, because like that's true for everyone. So I'm never going to say that. But at the same time, like that's where my hangover came from was like, that was my opportunity and I missed it. You know what I mean? And it's like four years ago, I went in saying, I don't want to make the team. Screw this, screw that. And then watching the Olympics and watching Chad win and then meeting him and being like, oh, I just missed like the best stuff. Like, one of the best opportunities in my life to like increase my career and like push myself on a stage just because I'm better than 
like in my head, like some stupid egotistical way, I'm like better than this. And it's yeah. like, well, screw you. And that's when I committed to trying to make 16. And then I just didn't do, like I didn't go my best time. I didn't do what I knew I could. And that's what hurt me. So I don't know. Everyone kind of goes through a different thing. And I think everyone has a little bit of Olympic hammer, no matter how well you do or how bad you do. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's what attacked me and ate away in my brain. And um, yeah, I ran into the bottle and um, it wasn't healthy, you know? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I think what's interesting too, a lot of swimmers, I mean, you in particular, a good case of this, like your walls and your underwaters are next level, world class, phenomenal. But unfortunately, in the Olympics is in long course. Like, oh yeah, that's what I mean too. It neglects half the sport in yeah. every country. You go like, oh well, we care about short course, but blah 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 countries don't. Yeah. But you travel the world, and they're all saying that. And it's like we're all swimming short course. We're all training short course. We all love it. Yeah. We all when you are like me and you push them hard enough, we'll admit, everyone will admit that it's more fun. No one, uh, no one wants to swim a 50 It's not fly. challenging or it's not this or it's not real swimming. It's like, yeah, but why? Yeah. Like, it's better. It's easier to fill up a pool that size. It's easier to put at Mandalay Bay, which I think has a large reason to why we're swimming short course. Yeah. But it's like, and, and at the end of the day, like, we're seven seconds, man. Give me something every seven to ten seconds or don't show me it. Yeah. Like, it's in the way society's moving with, like, esports and everything the social media and the internet brought us, it's like, no, 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 long course isn't going to, like, do better in this market. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we're not going to rely on, like, the once-in-a-generation people to keep us alive, are we? Which is, if that's what we're going to do, great. But that's not how I'm going to organize my the rest of my yeah. career. You know what I mean? And Michael built us. I'm not going to say he didn't, but, like, yeah. let's... Now that we have this stage, now that we have whatever eyeballs we have, however many they are, and there's different ways to quantify that, but they're more substantial than you would think. Let's like try and do something with that. And my argument is, of course, it can be short course. And of course, there's a huge ulterior motive there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, obviously. <laughs> but I still think I'm right. You know, uh-huh. I think there's merits to my argument. It's not just like, oh, I make more money here, so we should do this. Like, I think that there's still, like, data behind this. And fortunately, in my life, I've been blessed with many friends who never swam after Splash. Mm -hmm. So we all grew up together. We did Splash, we did Junior Guards, and they were like, water polo or lifeguard? And that's it. Like, I don't want to swim. I'm going to do lacrosse during swim. So, like, the water polo coach can't make me do it. Um, Like, those type of guys. And, um, like, they're like, I get home August 12th, 2016, or whatever day it was. And it's like, hey, like, I'm back. Like, what's up, everyone's like, back from what? Like, those types of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, when I connect with them, and I think in their head, and obviously, this is anecdotal as all hell, and these might not be people that you went over, but for that average American viewer, which they're football, um, basketball um, spectators, yeah. it's like, no, short course is like the way it is. It's where you get the most power. Four by 50 relays are the money. And we don't even have them long course at all. So it's like, what are we doing? Like, this is so obvious to me. But I don't know. Uh, I think it's I think it's more personally, even with my background, I was a distance swimmer and I am her, but I think it's it's fun to watch short course. Like you're changing directions every you know, fifteen seconds or faster. Um, yeah, yeah. And like it's just a I think overall I've found it more enjoyable too. <laughs> Basically, yeah, what I'm trying like, to say. I, mean, like I, I really respect ultra marathon running, but 
um, you know, like I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, um, you know, the Moab 240 is always talked about and Courtney Dobalter, like I follow her Instagram. Like I really get like that, but it's not on TV for a reason. You know what I mean? Like it's cool. It's just not, yeah. it's just not that thing. And like, and I, they do it for that. Like we don't need that. We don't need sponsors. We, we're doing cause we're tough. And it's like, dude, mad respect. Yeah. Like when I'm done. Yeah, I'm probably going to sign up for a try or a long-distance paddle because, like, that's the stuff that I really love. But, like, this sport's a mix between what I love and what I can do paid for. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, like, I have always don't know how to pronounce it. And in that Ikigai circle, like, that paid for is a pretty big part of it. Yeah. No, hundred. I think 100%. And you just got to you gotta do what you got to do, you know, to find find what it is that you can make a living for. Yeah, and so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and we move on. But like, yeah. Given this shot and given everything I've said about my past, like I can't, um, I can't not make that, like that. You know what I mean? Take that risk. Yeah. Yeah. Going. Just the rest of my twenties, whatever. <laughs> You're still young in the grand scheme of things. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the one of the other things I wanted to touch on with you, um, talking about pre-race routine. If you had anything to like lock you in, I know you mentioned. You know, nerves on the block, shaking on the block, stuff like that. Did you have anything that you do now or have done for years that kind of locks you in and gets ready to go, or not really? Um, now this year, like this year is like a whole new slate. Like, um, yeah. you know, you know, Pan Ams and all that. Like, I don't listen to music anymore. I used to, um, and I just try and relax. Like, I'm a pretty amped, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really need like pump up. So when I used to listen to music, I would listen to like Jack Johnson, Passion Pit, Dirty Heads, like something pretty chilled. Yeah. Um, just to kind of like block out the noise. But now I just try to like talk to people, talk to my teammate, just try and like sit there, sit still, relax. Like I don't, it's kind of coming back. Like the CLO, like slap your chest thing that they yeah. were doing in 2000. Late 2000s, 2000s or whatever. Yeah. Um, but a lot of guys are doing that again. It's like, I never got that. Like, it's just so much. There's like guys doing jumping jacks and there's guys doing, it's like jumping around, slapping their legs, slapping their face. It's like, dude, just, I don't know. I like to sit still. I got you. It's kind of the um, calm before like, I grew up around Phelps and Lochte. That's what they did. So, like, yeah. You know what I mean, but like, that's just like what makes me comfortable. And then, as far as like, um, yeah, I visualize. I visualize almost every day. I would say also, we all do. Mm-hmm. If you're not, especially if you're not visualized during practice, then like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's like the only reason you get in the water yeah. is to work on the race itself. So you should be definitely thinking about it um, through like turns and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I stretch, I jump around, I do a dynamic warm up, like before I get in the water to warm up, and then I get in, I swim around, I kick around, I do some hypoxic, I do some drills, I do some pace, then I put my suit on. I'll never. I try and keep it real simple. Yeah. So for me, I the first meet that I ever really like saw you at was that um, 2016 Winter Nats. And I just remember someone was like, yeah, there's some dude over in the well. He's just like doing like 75s yeah. underwater or something. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was I like, talk about this because I've gotten like talked to and I agree with the talking to. I'm pretty damn good at hypoxic. Yeah. So, um, I can do some things that other people can't and people die this way. Yeah. So I don't like to talk about like what I'm capable of. Yeah. Um, but that year specific, I was like all into Wim Hof. I was doing breathing exercise like every night. Like, dude, I could do a hundred no breath, no problem. 
Uh, I remember you you were doing some breathing exercise before I, th- I think before the 100 fly or yeah I was doing it on the blocks in the 100 because I was like well if I like, do the Wim Hof stuff and then like super saturate with oxygen and, then, and it's like dude yeah I guess but also like this is how Dave put it it's like everything that you do is another thing that you have to do yeah and everything that you do is another cost of that energy unit and like maybe for that one off you get lucky but I learned that the next week at Short Course Worlds so you're really going to do that for 10 sessions? <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a like, lot. It's like, no, you're not. So, like, now I just try and keep it simple. And that, that's the me where I learned that lesson. Like, um, and I, that's the last time I won the best time was that night, right? Like, that was my 43. I think that um, was when you set the American record, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty uh, wild to so watch. Like I mean, maybe, maybe I'm screwing up now, but no, I mean, when I see guys who build that sustainable success, and when I say that, it's very obviously Ryan Murphy and Nathan Adrian. Mm-hmm. So keep it simple, stupid. Keep it basic. Keep your emotions in check. Nothing too high, nothing too low, and just like be. And that's like that's what I'm trying to do. Like that's I really look up to those two guys for that. Yeah, I feel like at some point you just you can't overcomplicate things. You just got to do you and like swim yeah. your race. Whatever happens, yeah, happens I mean, during it. Like, yeah. and I mean, dude, working on hypoxic's awesome, and working on aerobics awesome, but like working on the hundred fly. Is like really the thing. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep the thing the thing. And um, one of the ways my buddy puts it, um, he's an officer in the SEALs. And when he was going through BUDS and everything, um, a lot of it's school. So you learn how to dive, you learn how to jump out of planes, you learn this, you learn mm-hmm. that, you learn terrain, blah, blah. I don't know it. They do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a SEAL. But one thing that he said is that he kept getting fascinated with like one thing and like wanting to do that. And um, uh, like a dude above him came to him and was like, no, 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 no. Be a good seal. Like you're not a map maker. You're not a diver. You're a seal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that really like impacted my career. So this is right around 16, 17 when I was talking to him about this. And I was like, oh, that's like what I was doing. Like, and even in 17 and 18, like I guess I made that mistake. I, I, I was like, I need to be 185 and be really good at the two, like uh, to be uh, – to be good at the two fly, I need to be 185 and be good at aerobic. And it's like, no, 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 no. To be good at the two fly, I need to be good at the two fly. And those are two of the steps. But like the weight room's a step, yoga's a step, and you didn't do any of those this year. Like I really neglected the weight room in 2017, 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was 185. Like I was 185, 187 on the blocks in the two fly. And um, Dave, like in January, it was like, if you keep the swimming distance, like I was training with Norman every day um, and Grishup, and like, is if you keep doing this, like, you will come back, like, good, but you're going to go out with no speed. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. You know what I mean? And the 200 this year was abysmal. And there's a whole slew of health reasons <laughs> that I think are behind that. And uh, things that I've been trying to address now, but, like, you, know, you have to keep, like, the main thing. The main thing is, like, very important. And the main thing is the events. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, like, this guy can clean this much, or this guy can do 100 underwater, or this guy can kick to a 400, kick this fast. Like, yeah, but isn't that guy 200 freestyler? Yeah. It's all well and good, but like, and this is bringing it back to Ryan and Nathan again, like, they're really good at all of it, but the one thing that they're the best at is their event. Yeah, I think that's like, well that's the said. thing that they, that they keep it about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, very well said. Uh, and you touched on training there a little. Did you have like a specific mental approach each day in training? And then like, what would you do the days that you didn't feel like training? Oh, yeah. So when I was younger, I was much better about this, but um, 
well, the second part, but the first part's easy. Just, just destroy everyone and everything. Like, that's what I, when I was younger, I was like hyper competitive, as I was saying. So, like, yeah. like anything, like if, oh, there's no interval in this set, well, I'm going to lap everyone. Oh, like this set's like, you want us to be heart rate 25 and go this time? Well, I'm going to try and beat everyone by 10 seconds. Like, butterfly, like, underwater group, I'm going to hold my breath longer. Like this, like, I'm going to do it more. Um, that's who I was when I was 18, 19, 20, 21. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to, like, outman you all day. And that's what I like doing. And then we'll go to a meet sometimes and I'll race. Like, that was, like, my mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's changed. And then, yeah, when I was dead, you just suck at it. Like, there was, like, no balance for me back then. So you just, like, go in the back, die, and suffer. Yeah. Um, there's less of that now. But now I have, like, really bad allergies. Mm hmm and um, insomnia and all these like adult problems <laughs> which like sucks that's a good way to put it <laughs> but, yeah. um, so now it's like hard to go as like now there's like I'm not 23 like oh I'm my own boss like, ah. like no I'm my own boss like there you know what I mean like this yeah. is up to me now and so it's like showing up it gets harder as you get older too because you're like that attitude of like well this isn't gonna work you know what i mean grows and that kind of like screws with you mm -hmm. and becomes um a problem in that like you don't realize that like how close you are anymore because like you've just like failed so many times in a row that it's become like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost mm -hmm. so that's like always an issue for me but like i've been getting better attendance this fall um and like when i say problem it's like I miss like an entire half a week and then I just start showing up again. I go through this like depressive episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's like cool to talk about cause like everyone always talks like, Oh, I show up every day and I do better than brother. It's like, well, I mean, maybe, but like, I don't <laughs> I really struggle with that a lot. I mean, um, I think it makes you relatable though. For yeah, sure. And then also, right. like, I don't know, like if I didn't sleep, I, I, I can't, like there's been times where I don't, I'll wake up on Sunday morning and then like, Oh, it's like 10 p.m. Sunday night I'm a little worried like oh, I'm not going to get like eight hours before 5 a.m. like and then it's midnight and then it's one and it's like okay well now we're going to practice I haven't slept and okay I didn't nap because I was worried about sleeping before weights so now we're going to weights and I haven't slept and that's like risk injury like injury risk yeah. right there and then the same thing happens Monday night now I'm racing because like well dude oh, okay, I'll sleep 12 hours I'll go to bed at 4 um, I'll wake up at 4 I eat a little bit like I got this whole plan but then I get too nervous so I don't sleep again Monday and then, well, Tuesday we race. Like, so, oh, God, like, that's I'm so nervous. I can't sleep. And then it happens again. Like, okay, well, guaranteed I'm going to sleep Tuesday night. Like, there's no way I'm going to stay up longer than that. Like, there's no way I'm this crazy. It's like, nope, you're that crazy. And so it's gotten to, like, when I say, oh, I have trouble sleeping, it's not like, oh, it takes me two hours to fall asleep. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, when I'm saying I have trouble sleeping, it's like I've gone to all the practices and haven't fallen asleep until Thursday. It's like, so that's a little bit crazy. Right? Yeah. So now... Like, Dave's worked with me, and, like, what we're going to do about that with me, and it's, uh, and again, like, I don't know if any other coaches would put up with this, um, but he's like, no, you're coming, because, like, I need the routine. Like, me just being like, okay, let me skip practice and sleep, because, like, I don't want to start this train again. Uh, that doesn't work, because then he's like, well, fuck, I missed that practice. Well, what did you guys do? Well, how fast did you go? How hard was it? What did I miss? Like, all that bullshit. So, like, that doesn't work. So now what we do is, like, you come. And you just swim for 40 minutes. Like, we basically do a warm-up. Like, you know you know what I mean? Like, maybe mm -hmm. a kick set, maybe that. And if you can't finish, finish. If not, then, like, get out, no questions asked. Um, and so we're doing that this year. And that hasn't happened. 
I mean, that bad of insomnia hasn't happened in almost a year. Like last October was the last time. Okay. Um, but it's there's still some nights. Nice, well, I didn't sleep last night, and um, I don't know, man. Like you really, I don't know. It's kind of a, a blessing in disguise, I guess. Is how I try to think about it. Because like now I realize like how how hard you can really go. Like if that you know if if that time ever comes in my life where I, that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, it's not like, it's not, I'm not getting faster <laughs> that week, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's crazy, man, like you hallucinate, like they say, and you're going absolutely psycho. And, um, and that's what I mean, like, it's a crazy person. Like, I, I laid in bed for like six hours and didn't sleep at all. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, maybe you slept, but you're like, no, no, I was looking at my phone. So I put it down, my brain would erupt in like yelling at me thoughts. Like, and I couldn't deal with that, so I would watch a show, or watch the news, or watch, like, like the Philip Franco show, anything on YouTube, or listen to a podcast, just kind of, like, mm-hmm. keep my thoughts away from hurting me. So, like, no, I knew I was awake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there is no yeah. question. So, like, that's what, I, I, I don't know, I've never really shared that publicly, but a lot of people say, well, when I have trouble sleeping, and it's like, no, 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 like, sleeping from one to five is irresponsible. You know what I mean? But, like, that's not necessarily what's happening here. So that's why, I go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's like awesome. So man. Yeah. It's awesome that you've haven't had that experience in almost a year. Yeah, and that yeah. things are kind of looking up, yeah. and now you have these avenues to turn to in case that ever you know comes up yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you're learning how to. Uh, my biggest weakness is like how to like like asking for help. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I'll talk about my problems with my teammates a lot, but not like, like those are like peers, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, like this shit went wrong or like blah, 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 but like, this shit sucks. Like, I'm not like so stiff upper lip that I don't do that. Yeah. Um, or I know some people that are that way and that, you know, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying I'm not that guy, but like, I won't like ask for help from like the people who are supposed to help me. <laughs> like I don't like I didn't like I just wouldn't tell Dave I would try to fake it or like I wouldn't tell um, anybody what was going on and it's kind of like no because I don't know why but like I just never so that's another thing that like I'm getting a lot better at is like mm-hmm. just be like hey like something's wrong I need help what do I do and um, and it's not necessarily like a pride I mean maybe it's a pride thing but it's just like a, it's more of like a muscle thing like it's like you never did single pull-up ever and he's like well i just can't do it yeah so, no like you have to like start with like lat pull downs like really light and then like then the band and then do pull-ups like it's more like that it's not just like oh I, i'm too good for pull-ups like no you know what i mean like i think everybody wants to do pull-ups but i just couldn't i couldn't put my mind to that task of like oh this is a problem where i can't handle it by myself yeah i think just like recognizing that so that's how i would describe it I think it's interesting. I I struggle with the same thing, asking for help on something. So I'm just, you know, I'd, I'd rather oh, do it absolutely. myself. And I'm like, oh, like. Plus, I mean, we're all kindred spirits. We're like, we're all swimmers at the end of the day. Like, yeah. Um, everything, like, you know, I, again, like success and, and talent and all that's like just like a, a mixture of. You know, who raised you? What were you born with? What were you given genetically? Who was your coach here? Did this person impact your life at this age in that important way that you needed to? And that stuff's all like hearsay. But like, we're all still the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I very, like, I believe that dearly now. Um, whereas I think maybe before I didn't. But no, I mean, yeah, like, it's, there's a reason we were all swimmers. It's like, no, like, 
I don't want to pass you the ball and you shoot. Like, yeah. I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely that spirit. And like, I was on the most teamy team out there, but like, we're still all swimmers. It's hard to explain it to other athletes because, I mean, it's a team sport, but it's an individual sport. Like, it yeah. can be both when you need it to be a team sport, but at the end of the day, it's it's you. Yeah, exactly. But, like, training by yourself is just not feasible. <laughs> like, I tried it. That would suck. Like, it is a team sport that way. Like, you need, not, like, boxing partners, like, sparring partners. Like, you know, you need other people who are at or beyond the level you want to be at mm-hmm. to be at that level. Like that, and so it's very teeny that way, right? But it's not. But we're all like, no, this is me. Like it, when we're on the blocks, you know, that's me doing that. And like the way that I put it is, my mom told me this once. I don't, I barely remember it, but we had this like old school bouncy house mm-hmm. with no netting, and people were running and jumping off of it into a pool um, at this birthday party that we had. But I was like two or three, like, maybe not even. Because I don't think we lived in California yet when we were visiting. Uh-huh. Um. So it was as tall as me, but I was like trying to run and jump on it and jump into the pool like everybody else was doing. All my cousins were older than me. Obviously, at the time I was two and um, maybe. So, yeah, my littlest cousin has been born. But it's not like I remember that. And then all the adults were doing it. Right. And um, I was like furious, like furious. I couldn't do it. Um, and my mom, being a mom, would like pick me up by my hands, ran with me. Um, like with me on the ground and it picked me up in my hands, bounced me off and threw me into the pool. And I was like even more angry. Um, and it only made me angrier because I was like, no, like I didn't actually do it. Um, and my mom said like, that's been my attitude ever since that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I think every swimmer can like feel that at a certain level. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I want to actually do this. That's mm-hmm. like, you gotta do it. To get the satisfaction. Yeah, like, it's like, no, it's like, if you just do it for me, then, like, what's that? You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not an accomplishment. That's not something that I feel, yeah. you know, good about. And I think in a lot of team sports, like, that attitude, like, is really toxic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in a sense, but... Yeah, one it's of, like, you can't, like, it's a shared success, like... Yeah. Like, you think about, like, the 3G team... Um, with Kobe and them, like there has to, there has to be a lot of guys who are at least uh, one or two or maybe even three um, came off the bench or didn't play much, but have all three of those rings. Like, but they were key in practice and they were on the team, and that's like their mindset. Where like yeah. us as swimmers was like, yeah, but did you? You know what I mean? Like in the back of our heads, it's just like so like shitty. First of all, yeah. but, like we're all like I don't know. I haven't. I don't know about you. I don't mean to speak for us as a kind, but I feel like we're all a little bit that way. I think. In one way or another, yeah. Um, yeah. You definitely touch on it. And one of the things that I thought of while you were, we were talking about that, it's like I coach a lot now, and there, I feel like there's such a fine line between like, I want to push my, my athletes, but I don't want to, like, you know, hurt their confidence at the same time. And I feel like in the environment these days, it's all about, oh, we got to be super positive with your kids. Um, because I'm more worried about like what's gonna be the backlash from the parents. Um, yeah, but that's a, I have no idea. That's a weird conundrum. I mean, especially these days. Like, yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'm telling a kid they're gonna they got to go x fifties at pace and they're like way off pace. 
like, do I start fudging sometimes and be like, oh, you're actually hitting pace, or do I, like, let them know, like, hey, you don't have it today? But, oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always hard. I mean, it always depends on the age, and, like, I think the best coaches will, like, know the, you know, the difference. what I've seen at my level, like, they know the individual and what they need. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to out people, but, like, there's, you know, coaches who famously give false times yeah. for confidence, and, but, like, also two specific athletes. <laughs> I always try to be like, no, I want to know what's, like, actually going on. You know what I mean? Because, like, uh, I think that, and this is not, probably not unsurprising to Cal, like, a lot of us are a little bit more, like, tinkery and, like, view it as, like, no, we're playing with something here, and the feedback's just, like, information. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm feeling good, I'm going to destroy today. Um, whereas like there's a lot of that but like a lot of the old school guys who like show up maybe shake their like triceps out a little bit um, and then jump in do a 400 and then go race like they're you know you can lie to those guys it's like they're more just like they're all they're trusting their spirit and like dude Clary was that way I mean that's who I'm describing Mm -hmm. Uh, he was 10 times better than me so I'm not saying one way's the way you know what I mean but I think at the end of the day like from what I prefer is so much different than what another dude needs or what another dude's going to prefer. You know what I mean? I think it's the challenge. And, uh, like the, my least favorite thing, and I, I had to teach my wife to coach me when I was when I was swimming by myself um, mm-hmm. that summer. So I t- like, okay, like you start the clock when the foot leaves and you stop it with the hand touches. Like these are what splits are. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I want my stroke to look like. And it's like, how's it look? And it's like, oh, it looks good. And like Dave knows this, but she hadn't really coached me yet. And it's like, that's my guy's least favorite thing to hear. Because it's like, either you weren't watching or it's non-actionable, like, information. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I want, like, actionable. How, like, what to go faster? Not, like, good. Okay. See you tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that's who I am. But, like, other guys are like, looks good. Okay, I'm going to go kick ass. You know what I mean? So it's, like, so specific to the individual. Mm. I think that's the challenge is you got to yeah. almost learn your swimmers prior to then learning how to, you know, before you can cater to them in that sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's not like hard to do with, like it's easier to do with me. Like I've been basically that dude since I was 18 in terms of swimming. Mm-hmm. But like you're dealing with people who are going to be different people for the next, in two months, you know what I mean? Even at 12, 13, 14, 15, like. Yeah, I was about to say, age group is yeah. tough because they're, I mean, yeah, they're yeah. continually I mean, developing. Like, you break up with a girl and leave the team. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I did that. So, like, it's a whole different, like, experience. Like, um, yeah, so obviously I, I don't pretend to know. I'm not giving you advice. I'm just telling you a story. I mean, I, no, I mean, no, I'm not looking for advice, but I mean. <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah. But, you know, I, no I think like, every. It's, it's, it's got to be crazy, man. Like, and that's the thing, too, is, like, it's probably, like, do you feel a difference between, like, I guess I was, I was a college prep swimmer. So you feel the difference between them and the people who are like doing it. You know what I mean? Like just doing it for fitness or fun or try to better themselves. I don't want, I know I gatekeeper. Like they're as much of a swimmer as you and I were. Yeah. But like the sports we participated in couldn't be more different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was like, we had, and you too, I'm assuming, a very rational mindset to swimming. Like what works, what doesn't. This is my goal. I'm coming in every day. Whereas like it's a little bit more social. Mm hmm. Um, I'm assuming, and like that's, I mean, that's beautiful. It's probably the part of the sport that I missed out on. Um, but that's like, yeah, if I was coaching, I, I'd be so lost. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and it's like a grueling, I mean, it's, 
I mean, if you're looking at, if I want to go D1, you know, if you're saying that and you're 13, 14, like, okay, we're well, looking at nine sessions a week for four years and it might work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, maybe not. I don't think that that's a bad answer. Like, I'm not looking down on that <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have, I, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, do you have any advice for that next generation of swimmers in particular or just athletes that are trying to go yeah. the route you went? You mean like D1, be successful, make the national team, make the Olympic team, all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, starting recovery. with starting with going D1 and then yeah. so on from there. I mean, it's easy, man. Like, get, join a USA swimming club. Um, you know I mean? A USS swimming, whatever you call it. Like, a year-round. Like, they're, they're all over the place. I mean, Dagny made it huge out of one of the Dakotas. You know what I mean? She was my year mm-hmm. out of high school. And she's since retired. But... Um, like there's, there's so much around us. We're the best swimming country in the nation and in the world for a reason. Um, you know, I mean, if you're out in Tennessee, you got NAC. If you're Texas, you have every single Texas program. If you're in California, I mean, you're very blessed. If you're in Florida, you're very blessed. If you're in the Northeast, you're very blessed. Like in the Midwest, Illinois is huge. There's, there's so many places to go. Um, there's summer camps. There's things to be done. So there's, like, don't worry about that so much. Like, get someone to look over what you're doing, get someone to look at what club you're in, what, you know, where your goals are set, where it's like, oh, this club, like, they're only generating 200 flyers, and I'm uh, 50 breaststroker, it's like, okay, well, maybe either get that coach to work with you, most coaches are smart, they go to, um, you know, they either go to ASCA, or they go to the um, convention every year, or both, so, like, the, the information sharing network between coaches is the highest it's ever been, so don't worry about any of that. Is my honest advice. Mm-hmm. Like, that will take care of itself, and that's a day-to-day grind, and that's something you're going to have to stay on. So, obviously, it's part of the project. But the main thing that I would say that I did wrong, that I see every high schooler did wrong, that, like, Luca's not doing wrong, that Phelps didn't do wrong, that the guys who blew up in high school didn't do wrong, Ryan Murphy, for sure, is uh, don't shy away from, like, recovery. Like, don't shy away from like training to go the speed that you want to go. You know what I mean? Like look at like Hoffer's, um, what are you like? 41, one, 41, three hundred freeze junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, he was training like us, you know what I mean? And then like, I'm not saying that like, okay, he came to college, like better at lifting than me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you have to do that. Cause that's yeah. something that very akin to him and, what, him and how he trains. And like, he, um, I mean, specifically him, like, he, he has a very specific to him training plan, even at Cal. But that stuff, that you'll, you'll work all that out. But um, don't be, like, the one thing that high schoolers never, ever, 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 ever do is recover. Like, they're like, oh, I'll eat a power bar, and then I'm going to go do homework. And they're like, no, get your nutrition together. Don't ask me. Don't ask a pro. Ask a real professional in that field, a nutritionist. There's tons of information out there. Um, and then, like, stretch roll out, sit down, get good sleep, like, that's the stuff that, like, really matters. And, like, I'm using Luca as an example. He's a great kid. I've met him a couple times. Um, but from what I'm hearing, like, his dad owns this, like, recovery company or something. That, and this could be total hearsay, so I hate to put this out in the world and be false, but, like, I've heard he's really on his, like, recovery protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, I think that's the thing that swimmers miss. And that's when, like, dudes especially get that huge blow up in college. Obviously, they grow. They start lifting. Um, which I think, you know, Bob is still out there, like, being anti-lifting in high school and putting statements out there. And it's like, I don't really know if that's the way anymore. Like, a lot of dudes are lifting now. 
Um, and look, I'm a dude, so I can really only talk to that example. Like, you yeah. know, there's the argument to be made that, you know, that some, if you're not on the national team or near it out of high school for chicks, then you're not going to be. Now, like, Madison Cox can prove that. I think she proves that wrong, and there's, there's plenty of examples to prove that wrong. But that grind is so much gnarlier, I think, than dudes, whereas you get a little bit more time with men mm-hmm. um, for development. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, if your shoulder hurts every day, especially in that front part, like, whatever you call it, bicep, tendon, subscap, blah, blah, blah. Like, the, you know, if you put your thumbs up and bend your elbow, the part you touch, mm-hmm. like, that's wrong. So fix that. That's something you're doing every day incorrectly. And you can get that to go away. Now, to get it to go away, like, right away is acute work. Like, expensive kairos, cupping, blah, blah. But, like, you can ice it and fix your stroke, and in a year it won't be there. Guaranteed. So like that's like the little things like that that like every single athlete carries and just toughs out. If like that's the stuff that I think I see make or break people later on, because like later on, if you're once you're in that D one program, like it's all about showing up and doing the work. And if anything that keeps you out from that keeps you out from winning. And it's very simple, man. Like they've done so many metrics, and it's like no, whoever was the healthiest and did the most work won. Mm-hmm. Period. Like that's it. Like this is a pretty simple sport at the end of the day. Um, and you know you, you can't complain about your talent it's not going to get you anywhere so don't worry about that um, so you have to focus on that the show up every day the chop with carry water and like don't go anything too high don't do anything too low like aerobics aerobic listen to your coach on that race is race do that like don't blow something out of the water that's supposed to be easy and don't slough something that's supposed to be hard like do the program like everyone's basically doing um, the you know whatever the Troy model is, whatever the Schubert model was, or whatever the um, Urbanchek model was, right? Like, and there's plenty of old school coaches that deserve tons of credit too. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, there's these established systems. Work within them. Find your recovery. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... it's. It, 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 I wish I had done a better job of that. I would be a much better swimmer throughout college had I, you know, started that process, that learning process earlier. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, though, because I've... I mean, around my old teammates and stuff, I feel like the culture was go, 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 go at practice. And then you last practice and it's like, okay, we're still go, going and going. Like, yeah. now you're going to go day drink all day. Or yeah, I mean, that's a part of it. And I think that, like, look, um, I mean, obviously coaches can't endorse anything. Like, yeah. obviously. So I'm never going to – and I'm not going to either. Like, what we're talking about now is underage drinking. Um so, of course, like, don't do that. But there'll be times to be a college student. And there'll be times to be a high school student and do things that are appropriate in that environment. And I'm not saying, well, I'm never going to wakeboard or I'm never going to surf again because Tom said, like, look, dude, I surf yeah. almost every weekend. Or, or, you know, I just picked up spearfishing. I'm not saying don't do other things. But, like, if it's, like, Tuesday and you just finish swimming and it's like, oh, my muscles are literally feel like I just got out of a microwave, but I had to get out. I didn't warm down. We have to go home. And, no, I'm just going to, like, not eat for 45 minutes. No, 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 bring something with you. And be like, no, I need to warm down a little bit. Or find a way to, to make that make sense. And, like, obviously, Norma Techs are crazy expensive. But, like, that's the stuff I'm talking yeah. about. Like, you have to live your life. And that can look like whatever way you want it to. But, yeah, if you living your life is constantly abusing substances, that's something to look at. Yeah, I mean, you know I, was... I mean? And, and it could work for you at 16. And it could work for you at 17. You could be the best goddamn swimmer in the world, for all I care. But, like, yeah. no, that's something to look at. And trust me, the guys who were the best in their sport at that age doing those things either die or come back and look at it. Yeah. I think you know I was I mean? more... Like, do that earlier, that would be great. 
Yeah, I think I was more I was more immediate as like, okay, like instead of going home and you know, getting a solid meal and you, you know, staying around for the whole warm down that was written on the on the workout, like you're getting out, you're boom, 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 quick bites yeah. to eat. Okay, now now it's Saturday and like yeah. you're in college, like obviously you're done practice after Saturday morning practice until Monday morning, so now's your time to let loose like don't lose another minute of mm-hmm. of it um type mentality yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean of course and everyone has their own way of handling that and like i mean dude we don't like i never sat inside you know what i mean i was, yeah. I was that guy especially in college like i was definitely no you got to go up you got to be social you got to do your thing um but like plan for that that's an energy cost you're basically doing a double that day think about it pick up extra sleep somewhere maybe nap in between like you'll have like, don't be dumb like that's just all I have to say about that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really good advice. Really, the last like official question I have for you is kind of what's next for you. You touched on this earlier about kind of you're in a different point in your career now. Um, but like, what's next for you in the sport? What are you looking forward to coming up in the next year? Are you planning for Tokyo, or are you just kind of going in? Uh, what happens, happens. I think yeah, I'm swimming. And I'm okay. on a team that's going to be geared towards perfect, you know, their tape is going to be in June, so might as well go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I want to make a team, dude. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. 100%. Be cool, like, for my career or whatever. Um, and I think if you had, you know, if we had done this podcast four years ago to this day, that's what I would have said. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so I'd be like, I want to go to the World Cups, which I didn't go to after um, Rio, which I'm really kicking myself about because, like, I love that swimming, and that would have helped me get back into sport earlier. Like, I didn't really start swimming again until November. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, and um, but yeah, I think like you can't make it everything. Like everyone has different ways of doing that. Some guys like I'm never, I'm not going to plan anything after June because I just want to keep it open ended, so I don't have to worry about it. Whereas like I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So, like I don't like I want to ha- come back to something. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make the team, then I have something to do. You know what I mean? And so I'm hopeful ISL season two. You know what I mean? And I'm ho- and. Uh, I'll definitely be picking up some meats um, throughout that fall. Like, I'll be, you know, in the best and or second best shape of my life at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, time will tell. But um, I don't want to waste that again. Like, so uh, planning clinics and meeting kids, giving back to the generation. Of course, I want to start doing more of that. Um, I'm really starting to lean towards that and um, competing in meets and going and racing, not like waste, you know. Not uh, like make hay while the sun shines or whatever it is. Like I, you know what I mean. Like this will be one of my last times to do that. So mm-hmm. the back end of 2020, like I'm definitely going to swim. Like I, I can't. I'm not going to like shoot my foot off again with that. Yeah, I mean, just talking to you, it's it's super exciting to kind of hear you get hyped up for that time in your career, and yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what happens, man. It's as a fan of the and sport, I think, yeah, and, I mean, and, and I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I care a lot about making the games. I care yeah. a lot about being the fastest flyer in the room. You know what I mean? That's what I want to do. It's my job. But like, I need to walk out behind the blocks knowing that if I screw this up for whatever reason, like if I go two hundred six again, um, I have something to come home to, mm-hmm. and I am okay, and I'm worthwhile, and I have value. I have to repeat that to myself like sixty times a day. That's my job from my therapist. That's my homework, rather. <laughs> um, so that's what I need. You know what I mean? And everyone's yeah. got different things. A lot of guys will get excited, like oh, this is my opportunity to, like, get huge, and, like, um, if this doesn't happen, then it won't, so I gotta, like, really try, because, like, they're convincing themselves to be motivated, whereas, like, which is fine, but that's never been my issue. My issue is, like, motivation suffocation, almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's like, I know, like, it's like, I'm not like, a large part of my life is like, all I am is a swimmer. All the value I bring to the world is swimming. All I'm good at is this one thing. And so if I, if this goes away, then I have no value. And um, that's like, not good for me. <laughs> for pretty obvious reasons, you know? Yeah. You had tons and tons of great points. Um, again, I really appreciate kind of oh, yeah. your time here um, coming on. Uh, yeah. and, hey, I'm well, a- I listen to so many. I want to try to do one. Like, yeah. You just kind of let me talk the whole time. I'm sorry. No, it's all good, man. I'm I'm happy you came up to my table um, <laughs> three years ago asking for parking <laughs> money because yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah. how it's come full circle now. Um, when you, yeah. So you, uh, for the listeners, you hit me up. Um, on Instagram to do this podcast and you're like hey I don't know if you remember me but like this happened and I was like oh yeah so like yeah so it was Atlanta in 16 right yep yeah you uh, I was trying to get the parking pass which I thought came with like my meat entry but it didn't and um, I don't carry cash like I live in the Bay Area it's just kind of like a no-no like um, you don't get like mugged or anything but it's just like you don't need it like yeah. it's just like every place around here is like credit card only because they have those little white machines. They don't even have a cash register. Yeah. Um, so it's just like the, this is a tablet, you know? Um, so I just never had it. And uh, I was like, shoot, what am I going to do? Like, can I Venmo you to the lady? And she's like, or whatever it was at the time. I don't even know if it existed. So PayPal or whatever. Yeah. And uh, she was like, no. And then, yeah, I found you and um, you were with your mom, right? I was, I was, yeah, I was with my parents, my coach, and one of my teammates just at yeah. the Continental <laughs> Breakfast in the hotel. And I, I thought it was just so funny because like, I was, my back was towards you, so everyone, like, was looking at you, and they were like, "Who the heck is this guy?" Like, some story about lost wallet in California. Like, dude, take a hike. We're not giving you cash. Like, get out of here. I turned around. I was like, "Wait a second. Like, you look familiar, man. Like, I know who you are. Like, sure. Here's some money. Like, do what you gotta do." And I, I think I, I got used the money back somehow. You, you had your checkbook on you. Yeah. So. Oh, I did? Okay, yeah. cool. Perfect. And I don't know why I didn't just pay with that. I'm an idiot. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> but I think I remember specifically needing cash. So, yeah, I don't know. But thank you so much, dude. That was awesome. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode. It's been a pleasure to be able to share Tom's story and hopefully give you a little deeper look into what goes on with athletes behind closed doors when the lights aren't on. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please be sure to subscribe and rate The Athletic Mindset five stars wherever you listen to us at. If you've learned anything useful from today's conversation, please share it with someone else that would also benefit from it. I'll see you all Monday as I welcome on 2017 Great Cup champion, Falarin Oromalade. Thanks and have a great day.